family drama. In the Bible, it can get pretty intense, and a lot of it happens in tents. <laughs> For example, our drama in this story of Joseph begins to brew when Jacob has two wives and their servants, and he kind of rotates through their tents over the years, making babies as one does. Well, he has 13 kids, and he doesn't really dislike any of them, but he loves one of them. The one his favorite wife, Rachel, bore him. She actually had two sons, Joseph and Benjamin, both of which Jacob visibly favored over the other ten brothers. I mean, can you blame him? These were the sons of the woman he loved, the woman he always wanted to be with. Coming into Genesis 37, we get a really grand entrance from Joseph, the son. He's out there in a field in a fancy coat with sleeves, a sign of someone who doesn't really need to work. If your coat has sleeves, you're probably royalty or a very rich person. Sleeves get in the way of labor, so clearly the person wouldn't really be doing a whole lot of work. So Joseph, he's out shepherding a flock, doesn't actually say what it's a flock of. Flamingos? Maybe. Can't be ruled out. He's with his brothers, the lesser brothers, the fancy coatless brothers, if you will. Joseph is kind of the suck-up of the family. He seems to be that sibling, the one that knows everything about all the other siblings and then decides to tell the parents. Because he's out in the field with his brothers, the text doesn't say exactly what happens to cause this, but something occurs which results in Joseph running back to their dad with a bad report. It's this kind of behavior, mixed with their father's obvious favoritism, that fuels the brothers' jealousy and makes them hate Joseph. But none of that stops Joseph from telling his brothers about this dream he's had. A pretty crazy dream. A dream so far-fetched and seemingly impossible that his brothers were convinced it was more of a delusion than a prediction. I'm Sarah Stone, and this is Dream Big, a podcast by The Gathering. moment and talk about dreams. There are only 21 quote-unquote dreams recorded in the Bible, and 10 of them happen in Genesis. 10 is a significant digit in Jewish tradition. Think the Ten Commandments. All 10 of these dreams revolve around the story of Joseph, going all the way back to ones involving his great-grandparents, Abraham and Sarah. Joseph tells his brothers about a crazy dream he's had, where they're all sheaves of grain, and they're bowing down to his sheave of grain, which stood upright. Now, grain in the Bible is typically used to signify abundance, which makes sense for this dream, because the brothers signify the other 11 tribes of Israel, the descendants of Abraham. His brothers are not convinced. They get a little sassy, a little sarcastic with Joseph. His brothers are going, ooh, is that right? You're going to rule over us. And if possible, at this point, they hate him even more. So even with that response, 
Joseph tells them about another dream he's had, since the first one went over so well. This dream involves the sun and the moon and 11 stars, which represent his brothers, another nod to the 12 tribes of Israel. The stars, the moon, the sun are all bowing down to him in this dream, which parallels and foreshadows something that happens much later in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, and is also a metaphor for the nation of Israel. But Joseph doesn't just tell his brothers about this dream. He tells his dad, too. Jacob actually isn't as receptive to this dream as Joseph may have expected. The Bible says that Jacob rebukes him, which means he disapproved of and criticized this dream. Jacob kind of has a similar response to that of the brothers. He says, What kind of dream is this you've had? Shall we indeed come, I, your mother, and your brothers, and bow down to the ground before you? But even after this less than enthusiastic response, it says, Jacob keeps this in mind. As we see here, our dreams don't always start out with overwhelming support and encouragement from our loved ones and peers. We can get negative feedback at first. Lots of, oh, right, I'm sure that's going to work out for yous, and I'll believe it when I see it. Those responses can really run a dream into the ground. But Joseph doesn't let these responses affect him. He just keeps going about his business, not worried about the reactions of his family. Which, maybe he should have been, because as it turns out, his brothers are a bit more volatile than he may have anticipated. That second dream pushed the brothers to their breaking point. They were tired of these ridiculous dreams and this favorite brother and that gaudy coat. So they begin to devise a plan. The brothers are supposed to be shepherding the flocks of Shechem, and Jacob wants to know how things are going out there, so he sends his informant, Joseph, to go investigate, and then Joseph is to report back to Jacob. Joseph heads out and doesn't see his brothers. A man approaches him and asks him what he's doing, and Joseph says he's looking for his brothers. Not so luckily for Joseph, the guy knows where his brothers went off to. They went to Dothan, he says, and Joseph's like, okay, great. He heads out to Dothan, and his brothers see him coming from a distance, his intricate coat catching the rays of the sun, blinding his brothers with jealousy and hate. Look, the dreamer is coming, they say with disdain. The brothers have decided they want to get rid of this bozo, Joseph. Sibling rivalry taken to a whole new level. And there's always at least one sibling that's way too extreme, way too intense. And whichever brother that was suggests they kill Joseph. And at first the rest are like, You are so right. Let's kill this guy. Then, Reuben, the oldest, says, Whoa, 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 we can't kill him. We can't have blood on our hands. And then he talks the other brothers down to this. Throw Joseph in a pit and let him starve. And then the animals will probably eat him. There, now the blood is on the animals' paws. Once Joseph finally reaches his brothers, the plan is in action. And the first thing they do is take off that robe. The multicolored, the eye-catching, the I-can't-believe-it's-not-royalty robe. And they throw him in the pit. And then they pop a squat and eat some lunch at the top of the pit. 
After knocking out a hearty meal, they see a caravan of foreign traders coming and suddenly a new plan comes into play. Judah says to his brothers, what do we gain if we kill our brother and hide his blood? Come on, let's sell him. Let's not harm him because he's our brother. He's family. It's worth noting that Judah, the brother who suggests to sell Joseph into slavery instead of killing him, is the son of Jacob that the lineage of Jesus is traced back to. This is pretty significant. Judah showed himself to be superior to his brothers in a time of stress. Sure, he still sold his brother into slavery, but perhaps deep down, he had a hunch that those dreams were more than just crazy things happening in Joseph's head. But don't forget, Joseph is now property of that vagabond tribe of foreigners, a slave. And eventually, he's brought to Egypt, where he's sold to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. That's next week. Thank you.